Shark Driver is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash shark to get your free audiobook download and your 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your Android, your iPod, Kindle, and or MP3 player. Everybody, welcome to the Shark Dropper Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm Robert. I'm John. Yes, baby. And uh, today <laughs> on the show, uh, we have John and William from the Gray Fear movie. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Which voice is William and which voice is John? Let's 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 establish that right away. <laughs> William is William is the American sounding guy, and John is the slash English Australian sounding guy. Oh. Now, my first question to William is, why, why are you an American-sounding guy? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the quick answer to that is uh, I moved here 16 years ago. I married an Australian, so I, I married into the family, and uh, yeah, been here ever since. Kind of go back and forth between L.A., Oh, okay, so you're from LA originally. So, yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in Los oh. Angeles. Oh, nice. so, okay, so that's maybe why you're out here is for the, or maybe that's why you guys are, are collaborating, should I say? Is it because you both have a, uh, uh, roots in the film industry? Yes, well, uh, we, yes. yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, no, we actually worked on our last film together. I cast William in the film Raph, and uh, he, uh, we stepped, you know, kept in contact over the years, and I took a bit of time off because I, went, I had a child straight after Raph, and a lot of people were asking me, and my agent was like, when are you going to get back into the seat? And, uh, and I was just like, oh, I want to take some time with my daughter, and, and Will had his son. And, but we kept in contact, and we always wanted to do something together again, and uh, our, yeah, our paths um, crossed with this one, and so hence we're together. And you said that movie was Raft, R-A-F-T? Uh, W-R-A-T-H. Oh, right. oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I I thought, yeah, I thought it was wrath too. <laughs> like the wrath of Khan. Let's start with a wrath, then you got a shark, and then yeah, <laughs> that's where I thought it was going. <laughs> uh, yeah, so wrath was English um, accent. was yeah, it's English accent because I've got a very strange because I lived in LA for a while too when I was developing another project, and so I tend to have a, a very mixed accent that people can't pick up. But wrath was. That came out a couple of years ago, and that starred Steph Dawson, who played Annie Krista in The Hunger Games. Oh, oh nice. Cool. Yeah. When, when, so, when, did you, when did that movie come out? That was 2011. Okay. And I took you know, three, four years off now, but I was writing the whole time. Right. My agent was asking me for you know, constant uh, content, and, but I was writing. You know, he'd be like, okay, John, we need, uh, I want you to write something like a superhero mixed with this. And I'm like, okay, so I'd write it, and then he'd go, yeah, yeah, that's good, I like it. But uh, unfortunately, uh, things have changed. So now I want you to write this. So it got to a point where I'm like, okay. Uh, it's obviously the fact that because I'm addressing a gatekeeper, and that's what your agent is, he, you know, if he doesn't like it and he's not confident, he's not going to send it out to producers and to so forth. So I then decided to write Grey Fear, which was totally left-wing. And something which had not been done before, like surfers and a shark movie, has never been done. Right. I don't know why, 
maybe because of the pain in the ass logistics, but um, it's never been done. Which we were talking about earlier, too, is the the shark attacks yeah. and, and stuff in Australia yeah. and in Florida, where we're based out of. Exactly. We're both. I mean, I live in Australia. I live on a goddamn island. I'm yeah. surrounded by water. Uh, and so, and shark attacks are on the rise, and it's, there's been a lot of deaths here. So it's a real, it's a very sensitive subject because a lot of people are like, you know, that's coal, and that's, you know, this reintroduced culling, and let's do shark nets again. And well, I'm totally for tagging, where, you know, we, we catch them, we tag them, then we can monitor their whereabouts, and then, you know, through an app system. Um, so it's a, it's a whole new way. We, don't, we still don't know hardly anything about great white sharks. We don't even know, you know, um, their sleeping patterns or their moving patterns. We know that how they migrate now, but we don't even know why the, the white um, pigmentation on their belly is constantly changing. We don't even know that. So it's, and we're going to see, we're going to see more shark attacks because there's more people on the planet and there's surfing and, and stand-up paddleboarding is on the rise. And, there's going to be more encounters. Wait, what about the white the white thing on their belly? What? Yeah, so you know, gray whites, they're you know they have their underbelly is all like a white pigmentation. Yeah. And we've monitored, been monitoring that. It changes. It actually, it's like a, a moving, like, like a freckle, but it's like it, it, it moves and it. Not, I'm not talking daily, but I'm talking as we might we watch them over months and years. It tends to move and then they, and they change. Are we talking like with an individual shark or like with an individual shark? Yeah, well, well, the species as a whole. Yeah, it's it's. We still don't know much about them. We still it's so much mystery. You know, we can put a robot on Mars and control it, but we don't even know. And you know, the the Earth is covered by three quarters water, and yet we still don't know hardly anything about it. It sounds like a shark version of a farmer tan because my farmer tan kind (laughs) of goes up and down. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of moves around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that, though, about uh, great white sharks. Like, I heard that it wasn't really until Jaws did come out that, like, people... Like, Jaws was kind of, like, a good and bad thing for sharks. A lot of people started getting, like, really deathly afraid of sharks, and they went out and they started killing and just, you know, like, trying Mm. to get as many sharks as they could because they thought every shark was just going to attack every human. And then there's mm-hmm. also, like, it It helped also build, like, research and funding for people who wanted to study great whites because they realized they didn't know that much about sharks at that time. And that was just the 70s, yeah. which isn't even that long ago. Not really. It was 40 years. I mean, it's. Yeah. I guess it's, it's a long time. We've come a long way since then, but we still don't know hardly anything. It's still one of those, one of those problems that we still have uh, with sharks. But, see, as a surfer... And I'm sure many of your listeners are also surfers. You know, I take that chance every time I go in the water. Like, I know I bury it in my subconsciousness. Mm. But I know that I could quite possibly have an encounter, which, which I have had, which, but it could be fatal. I could lose a, a, an arm. But when you have a passion for a sport, you're like, you never think it's going to happen to you. Right. Yeah. It does. But that's... You know, there are guys, yeah, they lose their legs and arms, and, it's, and, and ultimately they lose their life. And it's a tragic thing you do for sport. But I guess... We're in their domain, and the ocean—it's a wild place. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by the ocean, but it does it does scare me at times, especially like the open ocean, like mm. no land around. Yeah. It's it's freaks me out sometimes. You, you go <laughs> Just water a little skiing bit. or something, and you're you're sitting out in the ocean waiting for the yes. boat to come yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah, right. you know, you're, you're you're in the water, and your mind is your subconscious because the most powerful thing that you have is your imagination. Yeah. yeah. And so. 
when you're sat there and you're thinking and you're imagining your little legs dangling in the darkness and you're thinking, oh, shit, what the hell is going to come up and grab me? Right? <laughs> Just, it's, your imagination goes wild. So it's like, yeah, so it's, uh, it is a problem because I have a fear. Like if I'm out in the water and I don't have my board, mm-hmm. I feel vulnerable. Yeah. But if I have my board, I feel, even though that's a, a ridiculous thing to say, because I would just like, tear through it. Right. But um, I feel like I've got at least something in my in my grasp. Oof. I think that's what's so, I, I guess, exciting about this, you know, the idea of a shark film and this film is that, you know, John and I were talking early on about the idea that horror films, a lot of the time they have to do with the darkness and, and being alone in the nighttime. And, and John was like, I want to bring the terror of horror out into the daylight where people feel safe and and scare that living crap out of them in the daylight with their friends. That's the, you know, like just take all the sense of safety away. And the truth is, is that the ocean is darkness. That's why we're scared of it. You're sitting in a lake, you know, yeah. and you're worried that some, yeah. some fish that you, that, you know, prehistoric fish is going to come bite your bottom half off while you're waiting for the boat to <laughs> yeah. come back, right? Go it's all dark. piranha. <laughs> exactly. King piranha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get That's freaked out just sitting in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you have a really deep bathtub, John. Yeah, it's pretty deep. <laughs> you can't no, even touch the bottom. Over here with the big bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even touch the bottom. <laughs> well, so, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes when you're in a, like a clear lake or, or particularly clear uh, salt water, and you just sort of see the scope of what's underneath you, just this, just, just this massive space that you're on, on top of. And it's almost, it's like, it's almost too much to handle sometimes. It's, mm. Well, I'll say it is. Yeah, it is. You know, you're out there in the ocean, and if, because we, we, we have no control as a species, as humans, once we're not in control, we don't like that. Uh, and we, we tend to be, you know, paranoid and, you know, oh, let's, let's do this and just destroy it, let's net it, let's do everything else. But once you're out there and you're in the natural environment as the surfer or a swimmer or a kayaker or whatever you are, and you stop and you just put your oar down or you just, Look out, and you look around you and think, man, like, this thing engulfs me. I am, like, not even a, a pin drop yeah, in a bucket. nothing to this. Yeah. In a swimming pool, that is. You know, it's just, yeah, I am nothing. Uh, and this can take me in an instant. And, yeah, I, that, that scares me. That scares me. And I, I want to convey that across, because Will's right. I, I had, I mean, I grew up in the grindhouse year of the 70s, and, uh, and now, of course, horror has taken us to a whole new height. We've had Supernatural, we've had... We've had sadistic, we've had torture porn, we've had everything. So, and it's always in contained and darkness and very moody. But what happens if we, if you go on a vacation and it's in a beautiful area where you're having cocktails and everyone's looking beautiful, but then you see, like, and you're in this place in this horrific and uh, terrifying situation, which is in the daylight, like, that's, that's going to happen to anybody. Oh, yeah. The, the funny thing about that is, too, is like a shark. The shark's just a shark, man. He's just like mm. he's like ho hum. Just, just, just here's something to eat, and I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, just being a, this is just exactly being a right. He's just a shark. Yeah. He's just being a shark. And the reality is, like tiger sharks. Um, see, the worst is bull sharks. Bull sharks right. they travel in packs, and they will they'll act like piranhas. So they'll, they'll just feed on you consistently. Um, great whites, they we're not on their menu. We don't have enough blubber content. Their their favorite little daytime treat is the seal because of the blubber content, and they just love that. But when they bite us, they go, hmm, that doesn't taste so good. That's not what I normally have. But that one bite is so graphic and causes such injury that we bleed out. Um, And the reason why then they come back and actually consume us 
even though that were not on their menu, is because sharks now are traveling and migrating great distances in order to obtain a food source because we've outfished the oceans. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard so that. Suddenly, yeah. We're on their menu. Which, I mean, yeah. I, well, to go with the bull shark thing, too, I've heard, like, stories of, like, bull shark. I think it was bull sharks. They're, <clears throat> they can go kind of in, like, a fresh water, too, uh, for, like, a certain extent. Yep. So they actually swim up some of the, the rivers or whatever in um, – Australia, and I think that's where like some people were attacked. I think it was what I think, it, yeah, I think it was a bull shark that I remember because they didn't think he wasn't in like he wasn't in the ocean or anything like that. Mm. He was like swimming mm. out on his dock, overlooking this like river that like emptied out into the ocean, but it swam up. And yeah, so this happened in Australia. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, mm. I believe it was Australia. So, can we ask the Australians if that actually happened? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Is Robert like just, I just make, us right I'm now? just making, I'm just making okay. up a story right now. No, it's, right. No, no, it's true. There, there actually was, a, um, uh, probably about two hours from where I live, there was a, a lake and it was not connected at all. Um, and it had been through heavy rains that had been overflowed anyway. So, and it was a, an ex Olympic swimmer and he was going for his morning swim and he dived off. And he dived into bull sharks, and they tore him to pieces. Um, and I think that's what I'm looking this, at right now on, yeah. on Google. Yeah. They, um, they can grow up to about 11 feet, tiger sharks, so it's quite big, you know. And um, they, if you're up in canals where they've got those man-made canals that have got the you know, beautiful houses and people go kayaking and start paddle boarding, they're, they're bull shark infested. They love that stuff. Bull sharks love cloudy, murky water. Yeah. They eat it up. And uh, kids go in there swimming. Absolutely, they don't come out. They do not come out. Look, if you enter the water, you're you're basically signing a contract that says <laughs> you're becoming a part of the food chain. <laughs> yeah. We are not liable for your death, any loss of limbs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what the sharks are saying. It's yeah. true. I mean, you well, you're out of your element in that in that sense. Like he was saying, like like John was saying, is you're out of your element and you kind of feel vulnerable because you, it's not like you can just run away. Like, no, we're not as fast as swimmers not. as sharks are. Humans don't own the water. <laughs> they don't. They're trying to, though. They're no, definitely yeah, trying yeah. to. <laughs> we are trying to, yeah. And once we get a, like, and I understand because down the central coast of, of Queensland, which is like a, a, it's a place called Byron Bay, uh, Lismore, Ballina, this is where they've had the highest concentration of shark attacks in the last uh, six months, six to 12 months in Australia. And there's been some horrific deaths. There was a, a local Japanese uh, surfer who was bitten in half. Ugh. And, uh, you know, his friends had to take his body back to shore and, and, and they had a continuous amount of deaths. And it plays, it, it devastates the local um, community, you know, because people don't want to visit and people are not going in the water. And so I understand their point of view where they're like, okay, we have to call the sharks. Um, and surfers are, you know, saying, yes, yes, we have to call because I want to surf. But that's, that's, you know, that's arrogant. That's a very arrogant point of view, like, it's their domain. They're just doing what they have instinctively done for hundreds of millions of years. We're a new species that suddenly has in, like, come to surfboard in the last, you know, less than 60, 70 years. Yeah. And uh, it's like, so we have to respect that. We have to understand that we're going into, like I said, a, a wild environment and we might not come out. Yeah. So I, I, I think no film has addressed that before. Like, you know, Grey Fear is going to be totally different to what you would have seen before. And I mean... 
most of the shark films, like you say, like, you know, look at Shark Night 3D or the yeah. other Australian film, The Reef, you know. Sharknado. Um, yeah, Sharknado. Oh, you know, those films. But, you know, obviously it, it, it fills a void. It fills it a, a void, like, you know, like comedies, you know, and so forth. So, mm. but this is going to be, I want people to be, I actually, I'm thinking about adding uh, for the screenings a special thing where we actually give you a, a vomit bag. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I want you to feel nauseous. I want you to. I want you to to leave the theater, go to the bathroom, perhaps leave your lunch, and then go back and sit in your seat. Um, because well, I mean, the yeah. bottom line is, it's horror, right? This is this is a you know, it's horror. The genre is meant to scare the crap out of you. And mm. you know, if you look at if you look at uh, you know, just commercial films now. Uh, Three hundred is an example. Like when Three Hundred came out, the graphic blood in that. Uh, was and that's on a, that's on that's on a very popular scale. I mean, it was a film that everyone went to see. Mm. So where does that leave horror? You know, we, we what, how do we get people to feel that intense feeling of oh god again? Unless we push those boundaries, and and I think that you know exactly what he's John saying is that the only way that that boundary is going to get pushed is if you have a vomit bag in your hand and get ready to to puke your guts up and then come back for more or lots of slow motion <laughs> like three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Lots and lots of slow motion. <laughs> what I love what I love what Roth did, you know, last year when he came out with, um, and he had a hell of a time getting distribution. But when he came out with the Green Inferno, you guys would have seen that, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, no I, way. I, uh, Kyle, Kyle won't watch that, but I, I saw it. I saw that, that movie. I, I work at a movie theater too, so I, I, I get to see a lot of those. That's the best thing. So he, and that was a great, but, you know, I remember when the original one came out um, that he was, you know, he sort of paid homage to in the 70s. And that, that director had, he was taken to court. The Italian court, like, they arrested him because they were convinced that what he had oh, produced yeah. Scream. Yeah, it was, was Cannibal it. Holocaust. That's Cannibal right. Holocaust, yeah. Yep, that's right. Oof. Yeah, and they uh, thought he, he actually it. killed people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thought he murdered his crew. I was cast. Um, so, and, and then Eli did that, and that was a great homage. And there was only there was only very minor bits in that, like the the eyeball gouging scene and so forth. I mean, right. that was I watched that, and of course, because I've become desensitized. Yeah, I think a lot of people have now, in the sense of like you're talking about horror. It's like they're always trying to push the envelope, and it's like where do you go with it? And like there is a lot of like blood and guts. Like if you think of like the Saw movies, or you know like the torture porn kind of stuff, like the Eli Roth stuff, Hostel and and yeah. Hostel Two that he did. Um, it's like yeah, like where do you go with horror? Exactly, where do you go with horror? So do you, do you create such a farcical uh, display that people just go, oh no, that's just ridiculous, or do you create something so realistic? Do you create something which is going to push the boundaries where people go? Oh my God! Like I, and they're they're hyperventilating and they can't and they can't look, but they want to look mm. because this could very easily happen. And I've been in the water with a four meter great white and I've mm. seen it. And I and <laughs> yeah. it easily could easily have attacked me and I could easily have lost a limb and bled out. It can happen. So if you yeah. take a group of friends, which this follows, this movie follows a group of friends uh, for pro surfers. And they're looking for a, a you know adventure off the beaten track, but there's obviously uh, I'll tell you a bit later. But there's another uh, side story. But and they you know they're on this secluded break, and the sharks attack them, and they're in between them and the shore, so they have no way of getting in. They're drifting out to sea. Um, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, that's that's nerve wracking. 
punch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just punch it in the nose. <laughs> punch it in the nose. Well, you know, like in your in your nightmares too. Like when you're trying to get away in your dreams and you can't run and you don't know why. You're looking down, going, "Why can I not run faster than this? I know I can run faster than this." And that's exactly what water does to you. It's mm. like your worst nightmare. You, yeah. you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you get caught up in a current too, like it's oh. uh, that that, that stuff will pull you out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Even just sort of running on the shoreline, when you, as soon as you hit that water, you're like, oh, why yeah. can't my yeah. legs? Like, <laughs> yeah. It'll work. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we gave, like, sharks, if we gave sharks pupils, do you think that would help? <laughs> like, <laughs> instead of the black the eyes? Yeah. Yeah, like a pupil, I mean, they have a white membrane. So once they, once they go for the attack, because great whites always attack from either below or they attack from behind. That, that last year when we saw Mick Fanning, and you just watched him in the water, and then you saw that um, that dorsal fin just pop up, and it just literally came up like a like a submarine, and then it just went full speed. That would have already circled him twice or three times underneath the water, but we would never have seen it. And then they attack because they know that you can't see them, and they take the element of surprise. Then that white, because their eyes are black, then their white membranes, a protective layer, it grows over white, and then so they can't get damaged, and then it just tears you to pieces. Sound like swimming demons. Yeah, very, very much. much. <laughs> demons they are of the, the sea. perfect apex predator. They are the perfect. They have no emotion. And we've also found out that unlike tiger sharks, which tend to travel in groups, the front part of their brain does not require friendship or companionship. At all. <laughs> Sounds like some girls I know. <laughs> oh, oh hey, yo. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was too easy. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just a little hanging for it. Like, I was going to go right. for it. That's okay. I, uh, no names. Well, I just remember, yeah. I just remember uh, one of the, there's like this video on YouTube of just a bunch, like I guess this whale carcass this that died oh, yeah. and the tour boats going over to it and you just seeing like I think there was like a dozen great whites all like kind of just chomping down on this whale carcass. It's like it's crazy to see like how they just like were tearing up the flesh and how many there were. And I think that that was in Australia too. Uh, there's been a couple of those, yeah, the, the blubber content of the whale because how their, how their teeth work, they've got multiple layers uh, and they go through, they, they lose teeth, but it just grows back and they grow back quite at a quite rapid pace. But they're, so they've got, um, the size of each tooth is like a sole. So what they do is they bite into you, but then they shake you and literally they just grind you in half. And wow. so that's how, they, yeah, they have like a, a literally like an electric sole in their mouth. So it's, they are the perfect machine that's for kidding. so amazing. I wish <laughs> I had an electric sole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the size as well. I mean, yeah. th- these are all another thing is we're still, we're still finding uh, sharks that are breaking the records. There's that one that we've recently found called Deep Blue. That was in Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that one was. Wait. Wasn't it a pregnant female or? It was, but yep. she was a big girl. She yeah. Was a big girl. Well, you said that was in the Gulf of Mexico. No. Uh, what? Where was that? Wasn't that in the Gulf of Mexico? Was it on YouTube? The Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Because we're, 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 I know, we're, we're right in there. the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I don't want to know. Come on. No. Like, I don't know if you know where St. Pete is, but St. Pete is right next to Tampa, so we're like literally a peninsula in the Gulf of Mexico, off of a peninsula of Florida. <laughs> so. well, we, we have a we have a body of water here called Tampa Bay, which is essentially like a, a giant estuary, uh, and that dumps out into the Gulf of Mexico. So it's, it's a breeding ground for sharks too. Like, yeah. there's yeah. tons of hammerheads, tons of uh, bull sharks. Um, and th- yeah, they come, they go in there to breed. Are you guys afraid of the water? 
Uh, really? I mean, not yeah. I mean, we we go to the beach and stuff. We don't really do like you can't really go surfing on, on the Gulf yeah. side. Uh, that's more of like that's you know, the East have, Coast. Of, yeah, it's yeah, the Atlantic side. Atlantic. Um, but yeah, the Gulf. We just don't get like waves at all. So we go out there and like we go into the water, but it's never like it's a big far. lake, really. <laughs> so a, a big warm lake. Yeah. Yeah, the, the main thing we have to worry about are just like sting, like stingrays, and sometimes a rip current every once in a while. I mean, there are sharks, and like they will do like those helicopter views, like when you see them kind of migrating north or wherever they're going along the the coast. But I, I don't, I know that there was like an attack just recently, but I don't remember if that was on the east coast or on the Gulf Coast. We had a string of them back in uh, a while ago. I think it was like I want to say it's oh four oh three. And, I think you're uh, thinking of hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no I know. It was. You mentioned hurricanes of electric saws? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a Sharknado, man. That's a Sharknado. That's a Sharknado, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, sharks get stuck. And now, also, another thing is, don't forget, we're not we're putting, we're not putting uh, casting with real sharks, but we're not using CG sharks in this. Okay, so wow. you got, like, oh, actual shit. footage? That's awesome. Yeah, so we're actually traveling to Cape Town, which is the great white feeding capital of the world. And we've got a, an Emmy-winning uh, cinematographer on board. So what he does, he specializes in underwater great whites. And he actually, because I wanted to push the boundary, and I went through a lot of cinematographers and asked them if they would get outside of the cage and film. Oh, oh man. <laughs> because I want up close and personal. I want, show me your, sh- you know, your shiny pearls. So, um, and he said, yes, that's what he did. And I, we reviewed the footage, and uh, he's come on board to shoot. So, yeah, all that, all that footage that we're getting, it's no CG sharks at all in this movie. It's practical effects mixed in with what we get on, on principle, mixed in with third unit in Cape Town, and to make, obviously, the, you know, the magic come alive. But the CG sharks is just that's one of my pet hates. Oh, yeah. how, far, how far are you on uh, completing this movie? Well, right now, we're... we're, we're the Kickstarter campaign launched. I mean, to give you a bit of a background, so, you know, when I was living in the States and we were shopping this around, we had a, a, a quite a major um, studio involved in this, and but they wanted to make it very much like uh, Shark Night 3D, very teenagery. Um, it was all very just, you know, very one-dimensional characters that they wanted to strip it back to. And I was fighting against that, and it, I wanted something. I really wanted to make a shark movie, which stood the test of time, and that would li- literally scare the living shit out of me uh, and scare people out of the water for another forty years. And that was not gonna. That was not the way to do it. So, I sort of I pulled it back and I regained control, and uh, I then took it to the people now, and we're, so we're live on Kickstarter, mm. and uh, we're now th- the thirty day campaign is underway, and we're offering some awesome awards. And uh, and our biggest you know our biggest thing with this is okay so one of our incentives rewards is is the um, limited edition uh, shark cap so it's our great shark uh, cap with the logo on it and our tag right now is twenty seven thousand five hundred cats if we sell equals one fully funded feature movie Ooh, nice wow. and you just you so just launched it this week right well granted. This podcast is going to come out the week after, but uh, oh, we can release it right away. I know. mean, we can. That's not a big deal. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. yeah we <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now we're going to discuss the release schedule. 
but so, I mean, yeah, we've got some amazing pledges. I mean, you can, you know, you can you can buy a, a role for yourself, or we will just kill you, you know, a grisly death, or you can come on board as an EP, or you can. It's just it's amazing stuff. Uh, buying the surfboards that we use in the film, it really, you know, goes anywhere from four dollars right up to eight thousand um, dollars. But when you break it down in the hard facts, because one of the biggest important things about this is we had meetings with international distributors who love the project and say, look, we can sell this every day of the week. Um, but if you offer a digital download of the film or if you offer a DVD or Blu-ray, we will not touch it because we can't make any money from it. Right. Piracy right. Is, is rampant. Mm -hmm. And that was a very hard thing for us to come to terms with because we were very uh, wanted to provide that to our fans. Um, and we went to them and said, okay, we can't. We're trying to work on something else right now, but we're trying to uh, find a way that we can deliver it. Like we're trying to think about if we can offer them uh, an iTunes voucher so they can actually, so if they pledge, they then can use that voucher, they can go to iTunes and they can actually watch it. So they're renting it as such, like a video store. Um, but this is one of the biggest problems with, with Kickstarter and with filmmaking right now is, you know, distribution. If you offer too much um, to, your, uh, to your pledgers and not thinking about distribution afterwards, sure, you'll get the money to make mm -hmm. the movie, great, but then no one's going to see it because you can never get it distributed. Right. And that's, you know, the, the film industry is changing right now. It really is changing. Kickstarter is going to be, and crowdfunding in general, is going to be a, a major part of it because if people really want to watch it, they'll fund it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think crowdfunding in general, it's still kind of in the growing pains stage. People are still trying to figure everything out. I think the iTunes yeah. voucher is a great compromise, you know, between yeah. both sides. And I, I yeah, know yeah. if I uh, if I pledge... You know, I think I wouldn't mind, like, an iTunes voucher. Like, it wouldn't bother me, like, you know, like, uh, not having, like, a digital download. Like, uh, if I really like the movie, like, I'll just go out and buy it, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But it gives you that feeling of, like, okay, well, I've just given you guys whatever, 15, 20 bucks, um, you know, and then, oh, okay, now I actually get to go watch this. Now I actually get to be a part of the process as opposed to, well, sorry, we can't give you anything. You give us some money and now go to the movie and buy it again. <laughs> so at least yeah. it gives them an option. <laughs> To say like I can rent this on iTunes and I can actually see this, and I I think people appreciate that, will appreciate that. Yeah, because that's the first I've ever heard like uh, of that like offering an iTunes voucher. Like that just seems like a that just seems like a really smart idea in hindsight. Yeah, because there's so many projects that had gone on there because I've been looking at Kickstarter and been monitoring it for about a year and a half and, and thinking originally it's not going to be possible, but then I've seen some amazing projects get funded, and we're talking millions of dollars. And to be and to tell you our budget is five hundred and fifty thousand, so it's a very small amount. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, being able to uh, having them being able to give them like a Blu-ray for thirty bucks, I'm thinking, how the hell is that possible? How can they provide that? You know, this the cost of that. And then of course I'm looking at these projects again. I won't mention any, but and then it's two years on, and people still haven't got their DVD or Blu-ray. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, and that's and that's I, I I don't want to do that. We want to be very honest, very upfront with people, straight from the word go. So yeah, I'm trying to really invent how it, we can compromise. And, and one of those things is yeah, the iTunes. And and when you basically put it down, like I was saying, this you know one of our pitches is there's seven billion people on this planet. If we put twenty seven thousand five hundred shark caps uh, on people, that's going to fund the movie. 
uh, and when you you know break it down to you know simple maths like that, and that movie's going to go. It'll be worldwide release. We're going to go theatrical. It'll be VOD uh, on DVD, Blu-ray. We've already got a lot of companies lined up internationally that want to take it. So it's going to be yeah, a worldwide release, which is good for Australian cinema as well. Yeah, that, no, that's really awesome. What do I have to donate to get a personal meet and greet with Renee Summerfield? <laughs> I bet you Kyle's looking at a picture of her. <laughs> probably probably right now. I'm also looking yeah. at a picture of her. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I feel like it should be higher up on the Kickstarter page. <laughs> well, if you come to set, you can meet her, of course. Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, she's she's a very attractive girl, but she's also a lovely nature. She's really uh, one of those girls that is just really just smiling all the time. She's very bubbly. She's just really enthusiastic about the project, and that's why she's done so well on her own business. Um, and yeah, it's, if you want to come to set, you can meet her and hang out. I mean, we're all going to be just hanging out in, in wetsuits, board shorts, and bikinis. I don't think her meeting Kyle, Kyle is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you probably want to keep her away from us. Hi, I'm Kyle. <laughs> I come from uh, America. Uh, I, I really Kyle. thought you were going to say a land down under right when you said that. Yeah. I was going to start singing land down under. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, you know, one of our, you might also like to meet, you know, Bianca. Have you seen Bianca Brady? She's part of this project as well. Scroll, keep on scrolling down. Uh, Bianca, she had. Last year's Wormwood. Yeah. Uh, also, looking at this, uh, looking at this Kickstarter page, there's a lot of great artwork on here from the just, I guess, the promos or the posters or whatever, what have you. But like, yeah. really cool kind of throwback uh, artwork posters. Um, what's yeah, the whole? No, see, my I originally came from marketing. That was how I started out. You know, I I was uh, I was in marketing very early on, and I. Um, was doing TV commercials and writing them at that time and jingles and so forth. And uh, I actually opted out and I spent 10 years working as a video store clerk. Um, and that was, for me, that was my film school. That was how I, I didn't go to film school. You know, I just basically watched everything. And it was at that time when it was, when we were changing over from uh, VHS to DVD, and I was just buying everything, you know, the video stores I was working for, it was like they were getting rid of VHSs for like 50 cents. So I've got like four and a half thousand VHSs in my own collection. And, oh, yeah. uh, and you know, that for me, being Grindhouse in that era, I wanted to bring something different to this shark movie. Now, I said to you before, it was not just a shark movie. So movies actually, it, it's, a, it's non-linear. And these guys, these pro surfers, they actually uh, go to these this cluster of islands and they do a heist. So they do a diamond heist. And they use the cover of being pro surfers um, as a cover for their vacation. And then once they go in the water to fulfill their cover, this happens. Mm. So it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's a blend of genres. It's a, like, I, call, I like to call it a cinematic mixtape. Mm, nice. Now your last movie, Wrath, how was that funded? Did you, did you crowdfund that as well or was that? No. Uh, no, I, I actually was living in L.A., and I was still written by the same people, um, by William Morris Endeavor, and we had a project. I had a World War II sci-fi project, which we had um, three-quarters funded, and we had a fantastic cast on board, A-grade cast, and the GFC hit. And we had a, most of our backers, they collapsed, uh, our European ones and a few American ones, and I was left sort of picking up the pieces and I, I sort of was thinking, okay, and I was on my visa. I was an O-1 visa. So I was there for three years and then I renewed it again. And I'm like, okay, I need to actually 
make something uh, right now. And so I came back to Australia and I jumped straight into RAF and we made it in the Outback and I funded it myself out of my own dollars. And we made it for an incredible uh, small amount, you know, a real shoestring budget. And uh, it was well received and it got international um, release. And, uh, you know, like Steph went on to do big things and then and William, he went on to do other things as well. He's got a new film that just came out called Terminus. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it, I took a chance and, uh, and basically then the, uh, once it came out, my agent was like, fantastic. I want to put you up for these projects here and here. I'd read a few of the projects and, and then of course my wife fell pregnant. So I decided to take, take a few years off, but now I'm back and I'm back blazing. I like how you said she fell pregnant. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like she caught it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half pregnant. Oh, now I'm fully pregnant. So, <laughs> so, I mean, you said you, you have a background in marketing. So, like, what, what's yeah. I don't know what's what's sort of your uh, your strategy when it comes to crowdfunding? Crowdfunding, you know, it you can't just. It's a very difficult thing. People just think it's this. Oh, great! I can just put a product on there and it's going to get funded. Right. That's that's not. We've thought that before. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we started this whole thing, the whole yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really takes. It's like a seed, you know. People. Uh, yes, we're in the age of social media, and five years ago when I did Wrath, it was you know social media was nowhere near as powerful as it is now. And going out sixty six days before the campaign actually started was still not enough, and I'm working on it every single day to spread the word. Um, so it's it's not an easy task, you know. It, Kickstarter is uh, people want they're looking for fresh things all the time, and if they love it, they'll invest. I mean, there's there's that whole Esky story. You guys remember the whole Esky story? You know, it was about two years ago. A guy went on there, and he was like looking for fifty thousand dollars to develop this fantastic Esky, which you guys would love down the Gulf. It had a a built-in blender and a cocktail shaker <laughs> nice. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was after fifty thousand. Yeah. Do you guys know what an esky is? Yeah, well, I'm looking it up now. I mean, I didn't want to sound uh, stupid, so I was just like, I didn't say anything. According to according to Google, it's an American Eskimo dog. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh really? Oh, okay. That had a blender in them. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty wow. incredible. Nice. It's an ice. It's a cooler, an ice chest that you take to the beach. Oh, an oh. I know. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Now, I know the one. Now. No, for real. I know. No, I know what one they're talking about. I remember that was like a yeah. big thing. Okay, a massive thing. And he he went on there, but and he was after fifty thousand dollars, and it was a great product. He raised thirteen million. Holy Jeez. crap! Wow. That's, that's you know, awesome. and that was he he wasn't prepared for that, and so I think there was logistic problems. But anyway, but so you know, social media because social media the the, the great thing about social media and why it's so popular is because people want to have a say they want to have a voice whereas normally they will be unheard and we want to give people which is why we would add to a massive worldwide casting call we want to give people a chance to audition for this we had we had over 4500 submissions nice. worldwide and because there's so much talent out there that have not been discovered and that will never get a break because it's just you know the filmmaking and and the the, the whole industry is very hard to crack unless you've got something really quite different. So we wanted to be very open to the public and have a very open, be very transparent, you know, with social media and say, look, we're here. We're doing an open white casting call. And we're actually, this Sunday, so tomorrow, we've actually got a worldwide um, live streaming where people can come in and they can ask us anything they want. Hmm. So so where, can I, they, where, where can they do this? I mean, by the time this is out, it'll be... It'll be already over, but I'm just curious. 
Yeah, no, no. So it'll be on Facebook now. It has a new thing where you can actually do um, video streaming. So live video streaming. So what they do, so we're on camera live, and they'll just, like, type in their questions in the comment area. We'll read them live and then answer them live. Hmm. Right. Yeah. You can't do it on, like, a, like, a, like an, a page, a business page, but you can do it on, like, a personal page. So we're, gonna, we're driving everyone to my personal page. Um, and we'll just go live with it. Um, the video, so it'll be a video that's streaming. So when you go to my page, the video is just streaming, and you can just write in the comments, and we'll be looking, watching the comments, and reading them out loud, and then answering. Cool. So I think like that kind of stuff gets like people involved, and I think it's like because of the crowdfunding and like things like Kickstarter and even Patreon. It lets people get involved with something that they're passionate about. Like even if they're not producing the thing, like they're the ones that are helping donate, or they're the ones that are going to like the casting calls, and it gives them something more to look forward to than just going to the theater and seeing a movie that has nothing to do with them. Like they're help, exactly they're helping right. produce something. That's exactly right. And so you know what we did is another token of our appreciation is after we you know had the forty five hundred and we narrowed it down to thirteen hundred, and I went out and we did round two, and so I actually went on the Facebook, and I did a, a video post, William and I. And we said, you know, you guys have gone through submitting yourself, then you've now gone through submitting the second piece. So those who have made it to round two, the 1,300, I'm actually going to put your names in the credits. Nice. Mm-hmm. So because the reality is that at 1,300, there's only five spots. So there's, you know, 1,295 of you that are not going to make it, but you're not going to go home empty-handed. You're going to be having your name on this movie so you can actually go, I'm part of this movie. I, I, I did the effort and I tried and I didn't get in, but my name is still on this movie and that's just a token of thanks from, you know, from us to them. Hmm. That's a... So, like, is, is there a... I'm sure you guys have a website for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've actually just redirected it. So what we used to have, grayfearmovie.com, which will come back after the Kickstarter. But now, to confu- not to confuse people, once they you know, type in the URL, it instantly redirects them to the Kickstarter page. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's all about, you know, we want to have the, the least amount of clicks as possible. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is that URL? For the uh, Kickstarter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's actually... Uh, Quite a long way. Well, you What would be the easiest way? It's like, I mean, I guess so, I Google Gray Fear movie and it Jump into Kickstarter. Up. Just go to Kickstarter once. Just go to Kickstarter page. And in Kickstarter, just type in Gray Fear in the search engine there and it will bring it up. Hmm. Okay. Alternatively, you could go to www.grayfearmovie.com and it'll take you right there. Yeah, exactly. And that's Gray Fear with an E G R E Y. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> gray. <laughs> gray. Yeah. The color gray. Yeah. yeah. Gray. Because my, my little iPhone keeps wanting to go G-R-A-Y, and it's really annoying. Yeah. No, guys. <laughs> We're gray with an E. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are gray with an E. Gray with an E. Fifty shades of E. <laughs> so, William, you mentioned here. that you, you moved out to to, uh, to Australia, and I guess, I'm sorry, you said you, you, were, you followed a... Followed a lady, right? Or is that is that what I, what we what we yes. talked about? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I was um, in Europe and I ended up meeting an Australian girl. And as you do, you you follow. As you do them. in Europe, <laughs> anywhere in Europe. Yeah. you always run into Australians in Europe. Literally, <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> They're everywhere. How? And, like, uh, I don't understand how. Like, what kind of holidays do you guys get where you just you're constantly in Europe? <laughs> well, mind you, this was mind you, this was 16 years ago. So I, I wasn't uh, as holiday as it was just. Just a lot of drinking. 
Um, that's a holiday. Well, that's almost a holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty pretty much every holiday. <laughs> Sleeping anywhere you can, you know. It's, it was I was backpacking across Europe, and so I was out there on this stint for about a year, uh, kind of like you know working my way across Europe and just you know enjoying doing that, being a vagabond. And uh, and I met as you do. <laughs> And I met my uh, my wife and ended up in uh, in Australia, and that was uh, yeah, 16 years ago. So you, did you mainly like during that time? You mainly got by being an actor, I'm guessing, right? At that time, no. Uh, at that time, I was doing nothing uh, but a lot of drinking. So I, I wasn't acting back then. I, I did a, I did performing when I was a kid in LA. A lot of a lot of stage stuff and and uh, you know a little bit of commercial things and stuff, but. Then I sort of walked away from it when I when I discovered um, you know partying and friends and stuff and kind of like got 16, 17, I was like oh, I think I'll spend more time being social and less time focusing on the craft of of acting, uh, and then yeah, so then it kind of just I, I, life kind of started taking its own way and it was in my twenties and I'm like oh maybe maybe I've maybe I've missed my my window maybe it's too, it's past now it's something you do when you're a kid so I left it. Um, got into hospitality, restaurants, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. um, back in 2007, I was just like, oh, man, this is like, I'm just so bored with life. Like, nothing is inspiring me. And I was like, I think I'm going to get back into performing. So that was back in like 06, 07. And, uh, but I was in Australia. So I'm like, well, it's as good a place to start as any. And uh, yeah, then that's, so that's been since then that I've been back into it. What does that even? What does that entail? Do you just do you just say, "Hey, I want to I want to start acting," and you just pick up a couple jobs, or I guess you just started auditioning, right? Yeah. Well, at that point, uh, my wife knew nothing about my acting uh, dreams as a kid. You know nothing so she... of my acting dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Quit asking questions. Yeah. Don't pretend like you do. <laughs> I said I want to get back into acting. She's like, "You want to get back into what? What the? Where did that come from?" So I said. Uh, you know, something I always wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera. And, and she goes, well, this is the first I've heard of it. I was like, look, I'll make you a deal. I'll go out and I'll get like a little student film and, uh, and uh, I'll bring it home, you know, obviously after it's done and you watch it. And my wife, my wife, I should preface this by saying that my wife is the most honest person I know in my life. She's not afraid to tell me I'm shit, um, mm-hmm. which is what I love about her. So uh, I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll bring it home and you watch it. And it was like, literally it was a two minute, student film. It was the shortest student film in the history of mankind. Um, and I brought it home, and, uh, and she watched it, and she looked at me, and she goes, well, I guess you're going to be an actor. Oh, I was nice. like, cool. I got the yeah. ticket of approval. Yeah. <laughs> just from that, she just, she could tell. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I look back on it now, and I'm just, like, embarrassed. I'm like, how <clears throat> in the world did you let me do this off of yeah. that? Is she like, you're the next Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So exactly. we we do a couple of or we do some some fictional podcasts and one of them I star in and I, and I do like voice acting and I'm I'm so self conscious of myself so I always like to ask actors like what's like the what's the the key to like getting into a role or key to getting like to your character for you like what how do you get into a character? Um, well, that's you know it's funny I think you know process is such a um, it's such a well, it's such a very personal thing, but also, and I don't mind talking about it, but it's also so different for everybody because everyone, every human is such a different, you know, a different creation that you all have a way, a process to get there. For me, um, I've studied uh, out here in Melbourne. I'm studying at a place called the, the uh, Melbourne Actors Lab, which is very Strasbourg um, focused. Mm-hmm. Um, 
without saying the word method, because obviously that just leads people into strange ideas of what you do with yourself to get into a space. Um, yeah, so for me, you know, it, the process really is as is, is much of the character that I can that I can actually experience before I get um, to set I want to. So it, whatever that means, if I'm a guy... If I'm a guy in a post-apocalyptic film um, that's been, you know, you know, it's been 15 years since the collapse, I'll go uh, seclude myself in a cabin for a month if I have to and, mm. and live on my own. I want to get into a space, so it's the least amount of stuff I have to do on set that I have to be faking. You know, you right. want to be as real in the moment uh, as possible, um, obviously. Like Meisner says, you, know, you, 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 you want to be as real with the given circumstances as you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, the process is—it's—it's it's like it's that. It's being as real as I can in the given space. Mm. That's good advice. See, I play a detective. I need to solve a case. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Just arrest some random. People. I need to arrest somebody. Yeah, I think I need to, or shoot a gun or something. Yeah, you just need to barge into people's houses and just start questioning them. Yeah. <laughs> just open the door just while like, drinking scotch. I'm talking now. Just where were you last? Night? Yeah. Just drink scotch <laughs> the whole time. Who are you? And then I get arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, whatever. Hey, he did get arrested too. Stop arresting you, and then there, there's some good experience. Aha! That's yes. Life is It's an amazing process. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, I guess let's just kind of wrap it up here. Like, so um, basically, uh, Gray Fear movie. We can we can go to you can Google Gray Fear movie. Uh, you can you can search it on Kickstarter. Uh, is there anything else you guys are working on right now? Yeah, actually, uh, there is. <laughs> what's that? Come on, bring it. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Um, we've got this other idea, which is actually based in World War II, but it's a World War II sci-fi. Oh wow! And, uh, so kind of like takes... uh, what was that? What's, what was that video game, Robert? That was you're thinking of Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Well, it's not Wolfenstein. It's like the. It's like with the uh, aliens. They come down. The, Resistance, the... right? Resistance. Resistance. Yeah, the, oh, the, yeah, the, chimera. the chimera. No, yeah, no, this is so. This is. I mean, this is obviously a higher budget, but um, it actually takes place on the day of liberation in Paris, and so you've got this uh, platoon of Germans who are who've been set to blow up this power station, and the the German um, command there wants to evacuate uh, under cover of darkness as the you know the Americans and the British come in, and then you've got this um, specific. U.S. platoon that's sent in to capture the power station. So there's a, a battle fight that ensues, and then they end up like chasing each other down into the into the sewers and the catacombs. Now I'm not too sure if you guys know the catacombs in Paris. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so they crazy end up chasing each other. The, the power station blows, it collapses, and then traps them. And then they end up um, taking. They, it's a firefight down there, but then they realize that they're actually not alone. So the explosion has opened a, a pathway to below the catacombs is actually the cisterns. Now, the cisterns, no one really talks about this. The cisterns is, was actually built by the Romans, and it's like an aqueduct area, and it's hundreds of thousands of kilometers deep. And uh, the story is, yeah, it's them. They're battling something which the Roman Empire buried on purpose. So, mm. yes. So it's called Origin Unknown. Nice. I like it. So go I ahead. like when, when you can throw some new angles at World War II. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, it, yeah. and this, this creature itself, I mean, these guys are 
basically in what they've got. They've got you know the, they've got their Thompsons, they've got side pistols, QC4, but that's it. And these things start picking them off. And but that's when the Germans, the Germans and the Americans actually rally together, and they harness a relationship in order to get out of this uh, alive. So it's a really good tale of not only suspense and horror. We've got creature effects, but it's a camaraderie thing too. They put aside their differences and then right. work together. Yeah. yeah, and it's very shot, very much like a graphic novel. So my idea was for uh, a first-person uh, and a multiplayer game uh, platform online where you could you have a group of people who could be the creatures, and then a group of people being the French because the, the resistance are part of this, and they all sort of hunt each other down, like the creatures hunting the Germans and so forth, and vice versa. So yeah, it's a very um, you have to have things that are different these days. Yeah. You got three. You can also have like three different angles there. Like maybe there, there's some yeah. betrayal there between the the French and the uh, the German while they're working together. I don't there's, know if I want to play the French online. <laughs> I don't know. Sure? The French Revolution online. <laughs> That'd be well, fun for a little while. French resistance. Yeah. Let them eat cake. <laughs> yeah. The French Revolution. I'm like, yeah, I'm going uh, a few centuries off. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, but, Revolution but resistance. Actually, but the film actually does start. Um, it does start previous. It's actually, yeah, again, it starts at a time when there was the Black Death. And the Black Death, I'm not too sure if you guys are aware of that, it, you know, it killed most of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And they buried, they had nowhere to put the dead. You know, this is why the catacombs came to effect, because the, the grave, uh, the graves and the... Uh, yeah, aren't there, like, tons of just, like, bones the dead, the dead and stuff? The street. Yeah. And they buried the dead into these cisterns and, and, and caverns. And, of course, it's, you know, you're talking about millions of rotting corpses, a pure smorgasbord. For these creatures. Speaking of rotting corpses, that's what um, that's a film I'm doing at the end of the year. Um, called what? <laughs> rotting corpses. <laughs> rotting corpses. No, it's called Before Dawn, and uh, we're shooting it in October. Uh, it's like a zombie uh, kind of undead film with um, Samara Weaving, uh, Hugo Weaving's niece. Oh, nice. Oh. That's and, is uh, that an Australian uh, film too? Like, that's an Australian film as well. Nice. Um, so we're shooting that in October, and that's got another actor named Marcus Graham. I thought and... Hugo Weaving's daughter was Liv Tyler. No, niece. <laughs> oh, niece. Wait, no. What <laughs> no, are you talking about? No, you, Hugo... Liv Tyler is... That's a Steven Tyler. Right yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> 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 ah, you were close. <laughs> yeah, that's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, so no, she's actually in a film right now. She just wrapped a film called uh, The Babysitter with Mick G directing. Okay. Mick he one? did Terminator Salvation, right? Terminator. Yeah, he, he Charlie's Angels. Charlie's yeah. Angels, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah so he just directed her in a new film called Babysitter, and she'll be our, our, our leading lady. Nice. And uh, I'm going to be playing the villain in that, the bad guy. Ooh. Yeah, so that's going to be a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> do you look forward then, to like, playing the villain? Okay. Do I like it? No, do you look forward to playing the villain? I do actually like playing a bad... I mean... It, every character, I mean, hopefully every character you play has some sort of challenge and is exciting to some degree, but it, it is fun playing bad guys. Uh, are, you, for me. are you growing out like a twirly mustache? <laughs> a top hat? Yes. <laughs> Villain. <laughs> <laughs> Tying somebody to <laughs> railroad tracks. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the hands from uh, Simpsons, what's his name? Mr. Burns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who said it, but like there was some actor that says like when he, I think it was like a, a character actor who always plays bad guys. And he says that Whenever you play a bad guy, you have to you have to remember that 
the bad guy doesn't wake up every morning and says, I'm going to go do evil things. He, he wakes up and, and does what he feels is right or does his, the thing that he feels is good or that in his world is makes sense. the right thing to do. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. He's Absolutely. doing good in his mind. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's a, and that was I was going to say that. It's one of the things that's exciting about playing the bad guy is finding that, that through line of the character of why, why he's doing what he's doing and how, why it is the right thing in his mind. I mean, it's, there's nothing worse than watching a bad guy who's pure evil. You don't really root for them. You're like, you're just a dickhead. But when you find a bad guy who's struggling with, with whatever it is, uh, his own sense of mortality or right and wrong or spirituality or whatever, it, you, you want, there's a part of you that's kind of, I mean, you've watched those movies with a really good bad guy. You, you find yourself three quarters of the way through going, I wouldn't mind if he won, actually. Yeah. You know? Those are the interesting ones to play. Those yeah, are Breaking fun. Bad kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Breaking yeah. Bad, yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, uh, Great Fear movie. Uh, you can Google that. You can check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, before we go, uh, tell our listeners why they should, should support Great Fear. Great Fear is going to change your life. There you go. Okay. <laughs> That's there it. Go. There you go. That's all I need to know. <laughs> change your life. Succinct. Very succinct. <laughs> because Grey Fear is going to be one of the classic films you have in your library that 20 years from now you're going to be proud to show your child. Nice. Mm, I like that. I will show it. my child that at a, at a young age and hopefully scare them from ever wanting <laughs> exactly. to go yeah. Until they're about 75. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still a good fear of sharks. <laughs> A healthy fear of sharks. A healthy fear of sharks. Exactly. It's good to have a fear of sharks because if you don't have fear, you got to have fear. Yeah. yeah. A gray what fear? A gray fear oh. with an E. got to have gray fear. With, with an, an E. e. Fear with an E. Out. Comes gray respect. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, speaking of sharks, everybody, make sure you go to sharkdropper.com and check out all of our podcasts. They are all there. We have about 10 of them for you to enjoy. Uh, and we are not the only ones who are asking for money. If you go to the uh, sharkdropper.com next to the home button, there's a Patreon button. You can click on that button uh, and support us if you like. We have exclusive exclusive content rather uh, available to you on Patreon. So it's uh, we're, we're trying to make it worth worth it while for worth your while for you guys. So. Um. Yeah. Good calls. Support it. Good calls, guys. Good calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, William, John, John. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the thank show. You. Uh, thank you. It's uh, it's been an, a learning experience. It's been fun, and uh, you know. <laughs> and I'll see you in the water. Yeah. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is Shark Dropper for this week. I am Kyle. I'm Robert. I'm John. See you later. Yes, I stand here looking out over the ocean. a great big commotion Cause when I saw what looked like a fin break through the surface again It was a shark Shark Then I saw what looked like a fear.
shark. What's up? Shark. Shark.